0: Good evening, race fans, and welcome back to another great episode of Push to Pass podcast. I am Derek Vance, and like I said, uh, this is episode number three, uh, recapping Road America. I hope everyone enjoyed watching the race uh, last Sunday. Uh, A lot of intrigue. Uh, a lot of uh, strategy, obviously, uh, went into this race. Uh, we will uh, get into it, uh, break it down every angle uh, possible. Uh, not only will I uh, break it down and give you my uh, point of view and what I saw on Sunday there at, at Road America, uh, but we will be also joined Uh, Later in the show by Caleb Hatch, Uh, you may have heard him on 1190 WoWo in Fort Wayne. Uh, Also, he has a new project out as well. Uh, Him and another uh, fellow racing podcaster, the new track record uh, podcast. We will definitely uh, talk about that. And then also, too, we will uh, discuss uh, Caleb's background, uh, why he got into covering racing. And then obviously, uh, his point of view, uh, that he seen, uh, the, uh, race on Sunday there at, uh, at road America. But, uh, first and foremost, uh, it is, uh, recapping, uh, road America, like the uh, title says, and, uh, glad to have everyone, uh, be able to uh, join us. Uh, like I said, what a, uh, what a race there. On uh, on Sunday, with uh, Joseph Newgarden uh, pulling out the win, as you see in the background there, there behind me. Uh, not only did uh, Joseph Newgarden uh, take home the victory there on uh, on Sunday, uh, but also to uh, keep in mind that uh, Joseph was able to take home one million dollars. Uh, as well, obviously, he shared it between uh, the team with uh, five hundred thousand dollars, and then uh, two charities of his choice. Uh, one in the Nashville area, obviously, where uh, where Joseph is from, uh, he donated uh, uh, twenty five or yeah, no, excuse me, uh, two hundred and fifty five, two hundred and fifty. Let's try that thousand uh, dollars to uh, Wags for Walks, or Wags and Walks in Nashville and then another 250,000 to serious fun children's network and the reason why Joseph uh not only won the race on Sunday we'll get into that uh but scored a cool 1 million dollars uh is the um uh, the the uh, I don't challenge, I, I guess is how you'd say it. The, uh, people ready force for good challenge bonus. And what that is, is, is a, it rewards the first driver in which, uh, that was obviously, uh, Joseph new, new garden, uh, to win all three types of races on three different circuits, uh, a road course, a street course, and an oval in, uh, in 2022, if you remember, uh, new garden did win at, um, at Long Beach, and then uh, took home a win at uh, Texas Motor Speedway, and then obviously this past Sunday, winning at uh, at Road America as well. Um, like I said, it was it, it's safe to say after Sunday's race that uh, Joseph Newgarden, uh, his wallet uh, was a little more heavier. Uh, After beating out pole sitter Alexander Rossi out of the pits on Sunday, uh, Joseph Newgarden cruised to his third victory in the NTT IndyCar season series in the number two PPG Team Penske Chevrolet. And like I mentioned, it did earn a cool one million dollars. Uh, courtesy of the people ready force for good challenge bonus. Uh, Like I mentioned just a little bit ago, the challenge rewards the first driver to win all three types of courses, a road course, street course, and oval tracks in 2022. Uh, Also on a side note, if you remember, uh, New Garden was able to exercise a few demons uh, with winning the race on Sunday with uh, one year ago uh, having come oh so close uh, to winning the race last year at uh, Road America if it wasn't for a transmission problem late in the race. Uh, like I mentioned uh, before, the $1 million is shared uh, between the team with 500000 and then the Nashville na- area native and um, – uh, New Garden uh, was able to uh, donate uh, five hundred thousand dollars, obviously to uh, two of his favorite charities. Uh, one of them, uh, like I mentioned, was Wags and Walks of Nashville, and then another uh, tw- uh, two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars going to Serious Fun Children's Network. Uh, during the race, if you weren't able to watch it, uh, New Garden was was simply unstoppable. Uh, after a string of full course cautions uh, gave way to a to clean running and an unstructable unst- air in route to his 23rd career win. Uh, the two-time IndyCar champion pulled away uh, from Rossi until the middle of the final stint of the race. Uh, when Rossi trimmed his deficit, uh, to just 2.8 seconds. Uh, the field was brought under caution twice in the final 10 laps, uh, which allowed the number 27 Andretti car, uh, Honda back into the back and back to the back rather of the Pinsky car. Uh, both times new garden was able to stretch the lead over the final corner, uh, so that Rossi just didn't become a threat uh, as they crossed the start-finish line for the last time. Uh, Rossi did end up finish, finishing third in the race, uh, losing out to Chip Ganassi and Indianapolis 500 winner uh, Marcus Erickson on the final restart. Uh, New Garden was able to uh, uh, beat uh, uh, Erickson by 3.3 3 seconds and then 5.6 seconds over Rossi. Uh, some of the uh, quotes uh, post-race, From the race winner Joseph Newgarden, uh, quote, a great day, great day indeed, uh, said the two time champion, who is now up to third, uh, believe it or not, in the 2022 uh NTT uh, IndyCar points standings. He's now just five points uh, behind teammate Will Power and 32 points behind current points leader Marcus Erickson. Uh, Newgarden also said it felt really good, uh. In the, in the beginning, uh, it felt like we had the car to win, and it was just all about how they were going to execute. Uh, quote, my team really put me in the position on that first stop, uh, Newgarden said. Uh, Rossi was not going to be easy to beat today. I felt like he was strong, but I also felt like we were a little bit better than him, but he by no means was going to just simply give it up. Uh, Just to recap a little bit uh, outside of the winner, the lap 11 restart, you talk about something that was unbelievable as uh, Rossi led Newgarden Erickson, Roman Grosjean, uh, Pato Award, and Colton Herta. but by lap 15, Rossi held a slim .69 lead over the aforementioned winner there, Newgarden as the uh, rear alternate red tires uh, that Rossi was uh, was driving just seemed to, uh, to be at their uh, their wits end there. Uh, the two pitted at the end of the lap to go on to the primary black tires. Uh, that's when Rossi's Napa team uh, experienced a slow left rear tire change and had to hold a moment uh, while the while pitting while Scott McLaughlin rather uh, was pitting right there in front of them, uh, which that move right there pushed Newgarden to the lead. Uh, after finishing position P three, Rossi and his two of his Andretti teammates who ran well also uh, number twenty eight, uh, Roman Grosjean uh, finished fourth. Um, a hard charging Colton Herta uh, finished uh, fifth, uh, basically returning to the spot he had earned during qualification. Uh, but due to a car adjustment, uh, had to a uh, move to the back. Or excuse me, uh, he lost position five. Uh, a six position grid penalty uh, was asserted for an improper engine change. Uh, the top six was completed also by uh, Errol McLaren, SP number seven, uh, Felix Rosenquist. Uh, what a great, uh, a great last couple weeks uh, for the aforementioned uh, Felix Rosenquist, uh, who also did lead uh, some early laps uh, and was forced to pit uh, to, uh, to save amounts of fuel uh, for the majority of the race. Uh, some race notes uh, before we get into hearing from some of the drivers uh, that took place on Sunday. Uh, Graham Ray Hall, uh, if you uh, remember uh, Ray Hall Letterman or La- Ray Let- Letterman, Ray Hall Lanigan Letterman racing, uh, was the biggest mover of the day going from uh, starting at position 22 uh, to finishing uh, again at uh, position 8 for uh, Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing. Let's see if I can get that right. Uh, the two drivers in the title hunt, and uh, you want to talk about taking a major title hit, uh, Erickson and specifically Alex Pillow, uh made contact that left uh, Alex Palou, the reigning uh, IndyCar champion, uh, to finish in an unfamiliar place to him in last. And then also to the other Arrow McLaren SP driver, Pato Award, uh, suffered an apparent engine failure nine laps from the end. And he ended up finishing in the 26th position. Uh, Let's head on over and listen to some of the drivers here uh, right before we get to our guest uh, here in about uh, five minutes. Uh, But here are some of the top finishers uh, from Sunday's race at Road America. Uh overall pretty good day for the Solcio Chevy. Uh we
1: started eighth, we finished seventh. Uh nearly got sixth on the line. You know, we've been chasing the setup all, all weekend, but it's a solid point state for us at seventh and we'll just keep building from there. So um yeah, on to mid Ohio, a couple a couple of weeks off and we'll be okay.
2: All right, race day here in Road America, P2 finish, a uh, really good day for us in the number 8 Husky Chocolate Chicken Ganassi Honda. The car was really fast all day. and uh, the team did a good strategy, good pit stops, so super thankful. Uh, important day for the team as well, or for us in the championship back in the lead, so uh, really pleased with that. And then just a quick note on the incident in the beginning with Alex, my teammate, uh, hate to see him retired there. I think the move was, was on, I was fully alongside, but of course you don't want to see your team retire. So um, but yeah, a good day for us, uh, really happy and thankful to the team. Uh,
0: pretty average
2: day, just really went nowhere. Uh, we tried to go really trim and didn't pay off. So uh, a couple of times we were really fast down the straight, but then uh, the problem was getting through the corners and breaking. So. Strategy, we just kind of uh, didn't go too crazy and it kind of put us in that position. So,
0: uh, unfortunately, started ninth, finished ninth. Um, lost a few points today. I think we're 60 something back now, but uh, kudos to, to Marcus and uh, the eight car seller. So they did a hell of a job
2: and
1: got a, a good point there for them. The race, sir. Yeah, we had a tough day today, especially me in the office. Uh, okay. We had a very loose car, uh, very, very difficult to um, uh, complete the whole stint on the tyres. Uh, so a bit disappointed we couldn't progress forward but also we we didn't regress on the in the standing in the uh, in the end so uh, overall it's okay it's just not not exactly the kind of race we wanted certainly but um, go look at some things certainly we didn't expect the car to be this loose for the race
2: all right everybody i am here and we are done the race is finished and you know this race even though it's 55 laps road america you know it still is a long race. Because it's 55 laps, I don't know, it still feels shorter to me. It went by very, very quickly and the race was okay. We, we Sadly, I, I made a mistake coming into the pits. I was trying to get the maximum I could on pit entry and Grosjean kind of came out of hit pit box and I got spooked. So uh, I messed up and locked up the brakes on entry and I almost hit everybody but I ended up hitting nobody. So thankfully the team is still happy. Uh, and, you know, we ended up with the P-16, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it was a lot of good battles at the end, you know, with the yellow coming out, and we still having pushed the pass when others didn't. It was a lot of fun, so I really enjoyed it. Road America never disappoints. So that's it for me. I'm going to rest up, go watch the Cindy Lights race, and I will see you guys in Mid-Ohio.
1: Okay, so uh, son's favorite, um, Road America. Uh, it was an exciting race. The start was pretty good. I, um, overtook a couple of cars and again, a few good positions, but, um, I think we lost the, uh, couple of braces and the uh, pit stops and, uh, that, that really hurt us in terms of the track position and really didn't, uh, uh, gain back anything under the yellow. So, uh, it was always like a cycle back and it was a tough race. Uh, the restart, we fought really strong and, uh, a lot of side by side overtaking, re-overtaking and, but in the end, uh, the finishing in 15th, it's not, uh, not exactly what we wanted. But as a team, I think, uh, again, uh, we, we show some strengths. And uh, we had a few uh, few things that we really need to, to, to look at the uh, the pure speed for, um, for next races. But ho- hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we're good. And uh, we're going to the Mid-Ohio Test next week. No, actually, in a couple of days. So uh, looking forward to that. And... Um, yeah, we'll do uh, our best again.
0: Huge thank you to uh to all those drivers uh, that were able to uh uh give us a little bit of uh, of content there uh post uh, uh post race there at uh, at Road America. Uh, Coming out of Road America, just taking a look at the standings uh, before we are joined by our guest for this evening. Uh, Number one, uh, Marcus Erickson coming out of Road America, and he is followed by uh, Will Power, uh, Joseph Newgarden, Pato Award, Alex Pillow, Scott Dixon, uh, Alexander Rossi, who has been in the zone uh, as of late, uh, Felix Rosenquist, Scott McLaughlin, and rounding out the top ten you heard from him there, Simon Pagino. So uh, it will be interesting as we get a couple weeks uh, layoff. And then I believe uh, the weekend of July 4th, uh, July 3rd, I believe that Sunday uh, the IndyCar series will pick back up at Road America, or excuse me, not Road America, Mid-Ohio. Let's try that, Uh, Mid-Ohio, and we will definitely uh, break that down, preview that uh, here in the upcoming weeks. But uh, let's get to our guest of this evening. Uh, Interesting gentleman. I I, I heard his voice so many times on uh, 1190 WoWo in in Fort Wayne. Uh, Now I can match up the voice with a face. Caleb Hatch is, is joining us. Uh, Caleb, first and foremost, uh, let me uh, thank you uh, for taking some time out of your busy schedule, uh, obviously, to join us here on on Push to Pass. Uh, Before we get into discussing, uh, you know, your, uh, not your background, but uh, Road America and things of that nature, uh, introduce yourself to the audience and and tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Yes. So I'm Caleb, Uh, hopefully the uh, whole face for radio, insert that joke for you, but um. Yeah, I've been uh, co-hosting and, and kind of the creator of New Track Record Podcast. Uh, we're going into our fifth year here as of next month, so pretty exciting to celebrate that. And myself and Justin Kinney, we talk IndyCar every week. It's just two guys sitting in a radio studio, breaking down the races, breaking down the rumors, and kind of our opinions, our thoughts, uh, without really holding back on what we, we feel about things.
0: Yeah, definitely going to get uh, into to your uh, your podcast uh, there uh, momentarily. But um, what was the reason um, that you decided? I know uh, journalism obviously is a passion of yours, uh, but what made you decide to not only you know take the leap and get into journalism, uh, but uh, covering IndyCar uh, like you have, like you mentioned, for the past five years now?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I've been interested in sports and sports media since I was about 10 years old. But uh, fast forward, uh, my current position at Federated Media in Fort Wayne, um, they were very encouraging of us starting podcasts when I first started. And so I started out with, well, I might as well do a podcast about any car. I thought about it for seriously about five, six years at that point, Um, finally pulled the trigger and it was just a weekly thing. I think the first episode was all of 10 or 12 minutes, but uh, it was more of a, a, a kind of a passion project. I've been an IndyCar fan since I was probably eight, nine, 10 years old, and I already followed it intensely. It was already my favorite sport, so gave me an outlet to just kind of form segments and talk about something and get better and work on editing, work on interview skills. That's from really why I began it, and I never would have expected it to turn into what it's become uh, to this day. And I just want to thank everyone out there who listens, who supports us. And we look forward to talking each and every week uh, with all of you uh, to break down what's going on in the sport.
0: I know Fort Wayne being about two hours uh, from from Indianapolis. uh, Mm -hmm. I've made that trip so many times. I, I can't count. Um, how does, how does IndyCar, uh, what kind of reception, uh, does it get, uh, you know, not only in, in, in Northeast Indiana, I believe, uh, but I know, so you also are in the range of Northwest Ohio, uh, as well. So what's the, uh, how, how is IndyCar received, uh, up there in your neck of the woods? Yeah. I mean, it's obviously not front and center like it
2: is in Indianapolis. And I'm originally from the Indy area group in Westfield. So, um, you know, that's. Because I grew up in the Indianapolis area, obviously IndyCar more noticeable up here, not as noticeable. There are some things that are done. There used to be a good connection with Tom Kelly, who owns a, a group of car dealerships up here, Kelly Racing. If you were a fan of the IRL back in the early two thousands, you've definitely heard of heard of him and heard of that team. Um, but I mean, up here you're you're almost as close as going to Detroit or even mid Ohio as you are Indy. So I mean, you on one hand have several options to travel. Uh, to races, and makes it a lot more accessible.
0: Yeah, it uh, it absolutely does. Um, you know, you, you said you've been doing this for for five years now. Uh, what are the tracks uh, that uh, you've been able to uh, uh, to travel to as a fan or uh, in as a part of the media that you've been able to cover?
2: Yeah, so I've only honestly done it media wise for IMS, and usually just reserve that for the GP weekend. I mean, I'll use the media access here and there for stuff, but uh, we did use it for carb day this year as well and did a live show for carb day, which was fun. Um, but I've gone to mid Ohio most years, unfortunately can't make it this year. Uh, I've been to Milwaukee, obviously Indy, uh, hopefully we'll get to Detroit next year. Been to St. Pete, um, man, I'm trying to think of, uh, Nashville, Barber, uh, Kentucky back when they raced there the last two years. Um, I'm sure there's a few more I'm I'm forgetting. But uh, love going to Mid-Ohio, love going to St. Pete, Nashville was fun last year, love Barber. It's a great track I recommend anyone get to. They're just there are a lot of good circuits on the series, and unfortunately, oh, and I've been to Texas several times as well. But unfortunately, you just you can't get to all of them, right? You know, that's kind of the goal. And I've probably got about half of them crossed off.
0: You know what, I'd be willing to bet that uh, we may have crossed paths at uh, at Carb Day and don't even know it, um, <laughs> as well as in Nashville as well. Um, definitely looking forward to uh, going back uh, to Nashville uh, in, yes. in a couple months. Uh, we'll have to definitely uh, meet up and, and do something there, absolutely. Um, let's get into uh, Road America. Uh, I was just talking about that a little bit. Um, obviously, you were hearing from uh, Takuma Sato uh, when when you stepped in, uh, but uh, curious to get to your uh, you know recap of of Road America. Um, I, I feel for Alexander Rossi; he is so close, and you got to think this has got to be deja vu for him. The last couple weeks at, at Detroit, um, give it two more laps; he obviously runs down uh, uh, the winner there, and then uh, you know last week I, I thought he hit a home run. Uh, But again, uh, Joseph Newgarden, just a little bit better. And, uh, you know, let's talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, with Rossi, I mean, I think Detroit, he had a much better chance. But what was interesting last week before those late yellows, he was cutting the gap down and making some progress. Now, I don't think he could touch Newgarden if they got close enough without the late yellows. But, I mean, those restarts hurt him more than they helped him. And he was chipping away at the deficit. Again, I don't think he was going to win the race, but he's close. It looks like he's going to win a race this year sometime. I mean, the next race, Mid-Ohio, is a track he's had success he's won at before in the past. So, I mean, it could happen as soon as July 3rd at Mid-Ohio for the Honda 200. But I think he's found a groove. And we were talking about this today on on our episode that actually came out today. That's that's out on whatever podcast platform you follow uh, your podcast for free. But, you know, Rossi and that team with Andretti, we'll start with that. It's kind of flipped like what we expected going into the season. We we thought Herta's the lead dog. Grosjean could maybe challenge him a little here and there. And then Rossi, you know, kind of a, a distant third uh with that four-car team and, and it's done a complete 180. Rossi's become kind of the top guy. Yeah, Herta has the race win, but Rossi's getting consistent results. I mean, he's got what, four straight top five finishes? So uh three straight top five finishes. So I mean, this is a guy who's hitting his stride who is in the top 10 in points, having the most success out of the Andretti auto sport drivers. I don't think that's what we expected going into the season. And fortunately for him, he already has his future sealed, right? So he can just do and just go for race wins. I mean, there's really no pressure. He doesn't have to worry about impending free agency because he's already signed for next year with McLaren. So that's something I think that's going to be fascinating to watch. And then with Newgarden, I mean, this is a guy who, when he's on, He's on three race wins. No one else has more than one in the series this year. It's just getting consistent results. And usually he's slow to start the season. Well, he's been a lot quicker to start this season results wise. And he's a guy who closes so strong. So that will be something to keep in mind. I mean, yeah, Marcus Erickson is the points leader, but I mean, it's going to take two, three, maybe even four race wins to win the title this year. And I think Joseph Newgarden has set himself up really well to kind of be the favorite right now.
0: Yeah, I, I can't disagree. Um, Rossi, I, I think what you were getting at alluding to, he's playing with house money. That, that's all yeah, he's doing with. Yeah. He's definitely playing with, with, with house money. Um, I, obviously, he wants to, uh, you know, last year with Andretti, uh, go out on top. Uh, I think you're starting to see the skill set that uh Al- Alexander Rossi has um it was on display his rookie year when he won the 500 and now you're starting to see everything come together uh with this last year uh, of Andretti and I think you make a very uh interesting point that I don't think a lot of people are making that like you said going into the year uh if you if I would have told you uh do you want to bet that Alexander Rossi has be- a better fi- better finishes so far than Colton Herda I'm I'm sure you would have took that bet. I'm sure yeah, you yeah. No one would have thought that would have <laughs> going into the season. No, absolutely not. And, and New Garden, uh, like you said, uh, he uh, the, the pit stop um, that uh, McLaughlin kind of hung Rossi up a little bit. Uh, it was it was New Garden's to lose at that point. And uh, you know, e- even the way Team Pinsky has been the last two races, uh, going out uh, at at Detroit there well, I guess Belle Isle, we're going to Detroit next year. Uh, Hell of a job uh, Power did on the red tires on the last 20 laps, the way that track was shredding them. Uh, Penske jumped out to a great start the first couple races of the year with um, uh, Newgarden and and McLaughlin winning, and now back-to-back with Power and and Newgarden. I think it's just a matter of time. I think you're absolutely right that uh, Erickson may be the points leader right now, uh, but we've noticed the last few weeks that flip-flops. And, and who's hotter than uh, than anybody right now, uh, if it's not Alexander Rossi, it's Joseph Newgarden.
2: Yeah, and, and Joseph's actually getting the race wins. I mean, Rossi's getting results for the first time consistently in, you know, quite some time. I think you can go back to either late last season or even 2020, where after that terrible start, he put together some results. But, you know, with Penske, it's, it's so weird to have them be a non-factor at in Indianapolis for multiple years in a row now, but to be so good, just, I mean, you could argue dominant outside of Indianapolis this season. I mean, they've, they've won five races, five out of eight races. So they've been dominant. They just didn't have any success at the track where you'd expect them to, to dominate at Indy.
0: Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and something else uh going into uh, road America that was maybe addressed at, uh, at Detroit, you, you touched on it. Uh, Alexander Rossi obviously moving to Arrow McLaren uh, next year. That's obviously not a, not a big secret uh, anymore. But the the talk going around the paddock is uh, Arrow McLaren. Uh, we see the money not only that they're putting into Formula One or Formula Three, but the money they're putting into IndyCar, uh, building a new facility around the Indianapolis area, and then them discussing a, a third car next year. Um, everybody I've talked to thinks that uh, it's obviously not Felix Rosenquist next year, which uh, that sucks for him. I I think he's doing the best he can do. But you have Pato Award in that stable next year, obviously signing his long-term deal at Indy. Uh, You have the announcement of Alexander Rossi coming into the fold next year. Uh, The name that has been floating around is, for that third car, Scott Dixon. Yeah, that I mean, there are a lot of
2: names that have been thrown out there. Everything from Dixon to Ricardo to to V.K. I mean, to me, Renus V.K. has simply not had the results post coming back from his injury last season to now to really warrant, uh, you know, what would most of us would consider a big step up as far as the ride goes. I mean, Connor Daly's teammates outperformed him four straight races, so uh, I guess in my opinion, scrap his name off. I know Zach Brown apparently really likes VK. We all understand why they're going after Dixon. I mean, this is a guy who, on his own team, you know, went into 2021 as the clear number one driver. And right now, halfway through 2022, I mean, he's not a number three driver, but, I mean, compared to his teammates, the way they're performing, he is a number three driver, which is wild to think about. I mean, this is one of the all time greatest drivers in any IndyCar. Um, that would be a coup. And, and you go back to what Tony Canon kind of tweeted in Portuguese the other week saying, you know, it, the name, you know, we're all talking about VK and Pelot at that time. And, you know, is Scott Dixon the name? Is it Ricardo? Is it someone completely off the wall that's not even on that list? You know, who could it be? To me, I think Felix Rosenquist has done enough to to warrant keeping that seat. I mean, I think he had a great month of May. He had a solid result at Belle Isle despite his team screwing him over and qualifying uh, with the penalty there, moving from, what, 25th to 10th. So good result there considering the circumstances. A weird fuel save mood, uh, uh, mode for him at Road America and still – comes home, gets a a sixth place there as well. So, I mean, the the results are consistent, and he has that pull at Texas. And most of the, the issues this year compared to last year, I mean, these are just weird things going on, you know, mechanical issues, team issues. I mean, it's not him crashing the car, which we saw some last season. But he's back. He's healthy. To me, he should keep the seat. I mean, outside of winning a race, I don't know what more he can do in this stretch. Contending for the 500 win and putting together consecutive top tens and, and really contending at some of these tracks. I want more he can do. And Scott Dixon, if, if that's what they want to do, I mean, I guess I understand it if they get Scott Dixon. But if it's not Scott Dixon or Daniel Ricardo, I guess to me, like what what more do you want?
0: Yeah, I, I did see the, the the tweet that you're referring to from 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 TK, and to me, um, there, there was a lot of names bantered out. Um, I know uh, Alex Pillow was one of them, uh, mm-hmm. but having a discussion with 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 Tony Donahue, Alex Pillow just doesn't make sense to me, even from a from a team perspective or a business perspective, because obviously, you know, we know you know TK is only going to be around for maybe one more year, and he was kind of you know, hinting at that uh, this past mm-hmm. May. Uh, Scott Dixon isn't getting any younger. So who's going to be the face uh, of Chip Canassi going forward? It- it's got to be Alex Pillow. Right? So, yeah. and, and, and you know, Chip's going Chip's to pony up the money needed. So scratch that name off. Um, and, and I think to your point, uh, Renus, if he would have had more success this year, um, I could obviously see that seat going to him. But what the struggles he's had, and obviously, like you said, uh, Connor Daly out, outperforming him, well, it can't be Renus VK. So you add a veteran like Scott Dixon on that team that's now putting money into their program with Alex Pillow and, and Rossi already in the fold, that just makes the most sense if it's Scott Dixon. Yeah,
2: and I guess the other thing is Honda's already letting Alexander Rossi I mean, essentially, he's leaving Honda, right? So, with this moving to a Chevy team, so that's another thing to think about. Would Honda be willing to let Scott Dixon get away? I don't think they would. I mean, it, it, the number would have to be insane. And, and Honda, rumored to have helped pay for some of Rossi's contract, you know, with Andretti on the previous iteration uh, with his current deal. So, you know, would Honda pony up to make sure Scott Dixon stays a Honda guy? Yeah, that, that would not surprise me at all.
0: So it's definitely, definitely getting pretty silly here as we get to the midway point of uh, of the uh, IndyCar season. Uh, another name uh, that uh, has been bantered around that I would I would love to see, and and just to your point, I, I believe you're absolutely right. Felix has done uh, more than more than he can or, or mm-hmm. what he can uh, to keep that uh, seat next year. But obviously we don't sign the paycheck. So we'll definitely have to see how that works out. But I think somebody that has jumped into a car, different cars with, you know, no practice at all. And has uh, performed extremely well is one Santino Ferrucci.
2: Yeah. Th- this is another guy who should definitely be on the radar for a full-time seat next year, whether that's back at coin again, where he spent his rookie year, AJ Foyt Racing. I mean, these are kind of the teams I think would be in mind for him with a full time ride. Obviously, it would probably take a little bit of budget on his part to get one of those seats. And he probably brings something to the table, nothing like he brought his rookie year. I mean, Clydell not on board. And he also had David Yerman as well as rookie season. So, this is a guy, though he's got results, and and yes, it didn't go that well for him at Bell Isle with Hunkos, but he could also maybe be a Hunkos candidate if he can find a full season sponsor, because I think this is a guy who look love him or hate him, he gets results, and he's done such a great job from last season, what turned into you know running nearly half the season with Ray Hall, and I was shocked he didn't get that seat, but it seemed to be. You know, between the, the team principles there on on who people wanted and what he did at Indy with the uh, one-off entry. I mean, this is a guy who absolutely is shown on track. Again, off-track stuff and, and stuff in the past pre-IndyCar, I get it. There are people who don't like the guy because of that. I understand it. But the results and, and what he's done in IndyCar, I don't think there's really any argument to say that he's not deserving and competent enough to be a full-time in this series
0: yeah i i absolutely i uh, absolutely agree with that i had the opportunity uh at uh at indy this year to speak a little bit to uh uh santino ferrucci and uh, yeah i i'm i'm a strong proponent of seeing him in a uh, full-time ride uh in in 2023 uh you did bring up uh ray hall uh letterman Lanigan racing and they finally got a consistent finish uh, this past weekend at, um, road America, what has been the struggles that you have seen with, uh, Ray Hall, uh, Letterman Lanigan this year? Well,
2: some of the things that we thought would be strengths, right? We thought qualifying would be improved bringing Jack Harvey on board. And I get with Lungard, it was literally a one race sample size, but fast six in your first race in the series ever. I mean, that that leads to a lot of confidence. This is a guy who can be a great qualifier. But that's not been the case at all and so qualifying has been a mess Graham who usually is able to charge through the field on race days if he qualifies mid-pack or worse that's not been the case it's just been uh you know the, the pace has not been there I mean at Indy they simply didn't have the pace so there have been a myriad of, of issues for this team and Graham told Marshall Peruta of racer.com last week going into Road America they're thin on engineers and and Justin and I talked about this on our episode for this week Okay, if you're going to admit that you're thin on engineers after losing Tom German to Toyota Racing Development in the offseason, which is a big loss, mind you, a very big loss for that organization. But if you're going to be thin on engineers and that's why you're not getting the performance out of three cars, so you expand from two to three, you, you lose a two-time Indy 500 winner into Takuma Sato, who has a lot of experience, IndyCar and F1, who's won a handful of races with the team to graham who hasn't won since 2017 uh who's consistent you know top five six seven in the championship but i mean he he hasn't won since 2017 i mean i mean it is what it is jack harvey's not won a race one podium in what 56 races now and then christian lungard a rookie i mean you you lose a lot of experience you obviously lost it on the engineering side with german leaving you lost it as far as the driver lineup goes with sato uh, going elsewhere so i mean they they bet on Harvey being an improved qualifier and Lungard, who I think is, I mean, I guess he, he's met expectations as a rookie. I don't think people were expecting him to go out there and win races or anything, or even compete for podiums, but he has got a couple top tens. He's been solid this year as a rookie, but I think we expected a lot more out of Jack Harvey and a lot more out of the team as a whole. And I guess if you're thin on the engineering side, yes, you have the partners, but if you don't have the staff to back that up, you can't compete. And I guess that's kind of what we we discussed and talk about, because you have to have the people behind the scenes to make it work on the racetrack. Right. And it sounds like they're lacking that element, which is why the results have simply not been there.
0: Yeah. And who would have thought uh, losing a a driver uh, like uh, like they did with uh, Takuma Sato? would uh, you know push them behind uh, behind the proverbial uh, eight ball uh, as it has uh, but it's definitely going to be something to watch uh, again getting to the midway point uh, to see if they can maybe use uh, the finishes last weekend uh, as a little bit of a springboard uh, into the second half of the IndyCar season uh one more thing I want to talk mm-hmm. about in, in Road America uh somebody that uh, you know, didn't make their debut was but was be, was able to get back behind the wheel. Uh, is uh, Simona De Salvestro. Uh I got to give her credit. Uh, credit in the world, uh, she kept her nose clean. Uh, didn't uh, didn't hurt the car at all. Obviously, I don't think it was the finish that they all wanted. Uh, maybe it was the finish they expected, uh, but obviously didn't want. Uh, but give her credit. Uh, being gone, what ten years? I think uh, from the last time she was behind a wheel of an Indy car and uh, you know doing what she did on Sunday with with uh, uh, Petra uh, Motorsports. Uh, talk a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, so Simona, I thought it was really impressive. I mean, from practice one, they're behind on pace. And obviously so. She's never driven in an IndyCar with the aero screen on a road or street course. Yes, she was in the Indy 500 with Peretta last year. I mean, that was it as far as recent IndyCar experience and a track that she's not raced at in IndyCar either in Road America. So she's putting up 150s while everyone else is putting up one forty seven fives basically in the first session so they chipped away at the deficit yes she qualified last but finishing 21st yeah it's not a spectacular number you finish all the laps and not only all the laps but literally all the laps not a lap down so i think that's really impressive as well over the course of a race at Road america yeah it's a four mile course so it's a huge course a lot harder to lap people but i mean no mechanical issues no real pit stop issues that we're aware of. I mean, it was a clean weekend and it's a good start. And then she goes to mid Ohio here in a couple weeks where she's going to be more familiar with the car, obviously having more track time and a racetrack that she's actually raced at. So, I mean, you have a lot of things going for you at mid Ohio. If you're Simona de Silvestro and that the Carpenter racing team, and I think is kind of hitting their stride here, it took a little bit, but I think they're hitting their stride this season. So yeah, Absolutely. a a really solid performance for her. I get it. 21st doesn't sound like a lot, but for for that team to complete all the laps, not finish any laps down, no mechanical issues. I mean, that's a really, really good performance for her opening weekend in in IndyCar this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and not to, uh, you know, not to forget, but I I can't recall the last time you had an IndyCar race where you had uh, two females. Uh, starting in, in the starting field as well uh, with obviously uh, Simona and then uh, Tatiana Calderon uh, as well. So uh, definitely a lot of changes coming uh, in in IndyCar, especially behind the wheel, uh, female drivers. And it's going to be interesting to see moving forward. As you said, mid-Ohio, uh, you have Nashville. That's a, a street course as well mm-hmm. uh, to see if uh, Peretta uh, can build momentum. Uh, Peretta and Ed Carpenter uh, racing can build momentum. Off what they did last week at uh, at Road America,
2: and, and hopefully that can be a full time entry next year, whether that's in partnership with, you know, Ed Carpenter Racing and Simona doing road and street courses and in the Indy 500 like Ed, Ed did before with uh, the the 20 car or even a full season ride. I mean, hopefully that can come together. I think that'd be great. And Simona's obviously a very talented driver. She's shown that in IndyCar and in her, in her past runs in the series. So it'd be great to see her back full-time and again mid-ohio should be more familiar nashville a <laughs> little more open <laughs> new track but they're making track changes that should make it a little bit easier for drivers to adapt to less narrow and, and should open up the passing a little more as well for the music city gp
0: yeah definitely uh, definitely can't wait uh hearing the the changes they're making um i i know last year that was a lot of complaints you got from the drivers is the the hairpin turns were so sharp mm. and i know uh, uh first our first hand uh, after that first practice session uh, they did have to go in and grind some of the road down because it was so uneven there in the in the streets of Nashville so can't wait to see the changes I know that were announced uh this week uh, for uh for that race but getting back to uh to what you do uh Caleb I know uh, you you talked a little bit about it at the opening uh, but tell people that uh, that haven't subscribed? Uh, haven't listened to an episode? Uh, ne- you know, if it's this episode today or or next week, uh, what can they expect to hear uh, when they go into their favorite uh, podcast player and uh, subscribe to a new tr- new track record?
2: Yeah. So uh, our episode that's out today, we usually record Thursday afternoon or evening. We recorded in the afternoon this week. Uh, we did our Road America recap. Always uh, talk about the winner, and then we just do our three takeaways. Uh, that we kind of had from each each race and kind of we went into everything man, and, and- andretti strong performance hello versus erickson d francesco versus will power obviously new garden and his success talking about rossi as well talking about the ray hall team uh, all things we discuss a little bit on tv ratings as well and uh each week again just you can join us on whatever uh podcast platform you can find us apple podcast spotify google podcasts etc also newtrackrecordpodcast.com and then on social media our twitter handle is indycar podcast facebook just search for new track record instagram indycar podcast as well you can also email us new track record podcast at gmail.com
0: Awesome. Uh, Great stuff. Uh, Hopefully, uh, you know, if people uh, aren't following you on on social media or the podcast outlet uh, that they use, hopefully they're uh, jumping uh, to that uh, right now. Uh, Kayla, before you leave, uh, do you want to uh, give a little bit of a preview of mid Ohio. I know it's still a few weeks away, obviously, uh, 4th of July weekend, July 3rd, uh, to be exact, but, uh, preview middle uh, mid Ohio, uh, for people that may be unfamiliar with, with the track a little bit, uh, what are some of the things they should uh, look for? And, and I know you've been out there, you said several times uh, yeah. for people that may be uh, attending that race, uh, give them some things to go, uh, go look out and go check out.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, this is a track. If you're going to go for more than just race day, I mean, feel free to rent a golf cart and, and drive around and kind of see the different spots. You know, obviously on race day, I prefer sitting in the keyhole. I know a lot of people sit also in the S's as well. Those are kind of the, the spots, but there's a lot to see. It's a great facility. Um, you can kind of move around. And the best part is you don't need to buy a reserve seat. Just bring your, your camping chairs with you and set up you know, on the viewing mounds around the course. And I think that's, that's the part that makes it great is kind of like indie. I mean, you, you bring your cooler, you bring your food, your drink, and this time you pack along your camping chairs to set up on where to sit. And again, if you go more than race day, move around, kind of get some different vantage points. I think that, that part is, is exciting to see different vantage points. Um, and then as far as the race itself, I mean, yeah, I get all the talks about Penske this year, but mid Ohio, who, who am I thinking about this weekend or this upcoming race weekend? Scott Dixon because he's Mister Mid Ohio. I mean, this guy dominates the Honda 200. He, he finds a way to win it. I think he's won it about a half dozen times. So Dixon's a name to keep in mind. I think Alexander Rossi, who's also won here in the past, he should be strong. Um, seems like he's knocking on the door that next win. So those are some names I think to keep in mind uh, this weekend. And for Marcus Erickson, I think you know, can he maintain the consistency? I mean, he's he's a guy who's not qualified that often in the fast six but mid-ohio i think was his best qualifying spot last year at third if i'm not mistaken so it's another name to keep an eye on
0: good stuff um if there was a a, a dark horse that no one's thinking of right now i know the the week or, excuse me i know the race is a few weeks away mm-hmm. uh, but a dark horse that no one's talking about that could uh, you know uh, uh, jump in to the second half of the year, uh, starting out at mid Ohio, uh, who's someone to keep an eye on that, that not a lot of people are talking about.
2: You know, I'm going to go with Simon Pagino. I think he's had a really solid season. Uh, I get, he had that off at road America, but I mean, he, he's kind of finding his stride with that team right now. And, you know, outside of long beach and St. Pete, where he was, Uh, let's see, 19th at Long Beach, 15th, he's finished top 12 the rest of the season. So, I mean, he's a guy who I think you look at the course of the season as he gets more familiar and comfortable with that new team, I think the results are going to continue to improve. And I think that's a guy who could maybe sneak in and and get a race win. We really haven't had, you know, surprising race winners so far, right? I think that's outside McLaughlin at St. Pete. I think that kind of caught us by surprise. But otherwise, I mean, the guys winning races shouldn't be a surprise so far because they've won in the past. And I think Pagino, I think he could maybe be that, that next surprise winner because it's just been dominated by Penske, Ganassi and and McLaren, uh, along with one in one win for Andretti so far this season.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely can't wait uh, for, uh, for mid Ohio. Uh, I know, uh, you know, we have a few weeks to wait, uh, but uh, definitely be excited! Uh, excited till then. Uh, last question I have, uh, Caleb. Uh, a lot of people were talking about the announcement of the Rookie of the Year or Rookie of the 500. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I believe David Malukas got snubbed. He got <laughs> off. He got a huge snub. Uh, are you Are you in the same boat there? Um, you know, to be honest, the way the description is for Rookie of
2: the Year. Not just being about track performance. I mean, I'm gonna say he wasn't really snubbed. I mean, if if it was just based on finishing position, yes, he was snubbed. But you look at qualifying, you you look at everything else. I mean, look, it, Jimmy Johnson's gonna bring more attention to the sport than David Malucas. That's just the way it is. Like that's nothing against David Malukas. Uh, but Jimmy Johnson's a seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion, so he's just naturally gonna bring more attention uh, to the series. I mean, he was on with Jimmy Fallon, for example. I get it. People want to equate this to a result-only award, and that's just not the way that the award is presented and defined. So based on the definition of the award, I don't think he was snubbed. Now, based on how I would hand out the award myself, yes, I, I think it should go to the top finisher. I don't think there should be any other criteria. It should go to the top finisher, or at least you could have co. Like we should have had co. Rookies of the year with Kurt Busch and Sage Karam, for example, or Fernando Alonso, and um, let's see, was Ed Jones in 2017? It's just it's weird and coincidental that it's been coined. It's been screwed over on this multiple times, but uh, based on the criteria, I mean, I, I can't say he was snubbed. I know people disagree, but the award does state that it's not just about on-track performance. So I guess that's kind of my take. I get that's boring, but um, with how it's set up, I, I mean, I can't really argue with who they chose.
0: Yeah. I, I can't make the argument either. Like you said, with, with the criteria, um, but uh, I, I just, again, in my, in my world, in my opinion, I thought uh, Malukas uh, had a, a better month, but again, got to base it off criteria and, and, you know, at, at the end of the day, who's going to bring more eyeballs, like you said. So, yep. Uh, Caleb, again, huge. Thank you uh, for, for joining us. I uh, will definitely, definitely have you, uh, have you back again, uh, for people that want to reach out to you on social media, uh, where can they find you at?
2: Yeah. So our Twitter handle is any car podcast and you can find uh, everything on there there's some links on there as well to our website our patreon page as well patreon.com slash new track record if you want to support us that way we really really appreciate it and uh hope you can check out the show and we, we'd love to have you uh, be a weekly listener so thanks for having us on
0: yep uh thank you uh and uh, we'll we'll definitely cross paths i would imagine uh in nashville here in about uh, a month or so all right sounds good i will see you then Uh, huge thank you again to uh, to Caleb from New Track Record Podcast. Please go and and check his workout, check Justin's workout. I think you will uh, extremely, extremely uh, enjoy it. A huge thank you to everyone that uh, is uh, watching or going to uh, uh, watch uh, in the in the future. Uh, hopefully, we were able here on uh, new on the push to pass podcast, uh, to bring you something that you didn't know about, uh, about IndyCar, car. And, uh, that is what we strive to do here. Also, again, uh, can't reiterate uh, enough. A huge thank you to Caleb hatch, uh, of new track record podcast for joining us. Uh, hopefully everyone enjoyed the content and insight, uh, that he brought as along with myself, Uh, And that does it uh, for this episode of push to pass podcast. Uh, Hope everyone enjoyed it. And we will be back here in a couple weeks time previewing mid Ohio. So until then race fans, I am Derek Vance signing off and we will see you at the next race.